Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen... In this corner, from the University of Colorado, 30 years in the ring, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way, Dan Kaplan. Well, I'll tell you who's fighting the good fight. It's our next guest, Christy Burton Brown. She is the Dynamo new chair of the Colorado GOP. She seems to be everywhere at once. I watch my Twitter and I think, does she have a body double? How can she be in that county? Because that's the opposite side of the state of that county. But she was in both today. And obviously, that's what you need from your chair. The boss, Christy Burton Brown. Welcome back to the Dan Kaplis show. Hey, Dan. How are you? I am living the dream, Christy Burton Brown, and I'm going to be living it in Washington, D.C. tomorrow because you're going to be doing the show here. So, Thank you for that. Uh, that's true. Thank do you, have it, you. Do you have it mapped out yet? I mean, things change so much every day. I mean, I wake up this morning and find out that Jill Biden's president. <laughs> do you see that picture? Indeed. Yeah. No, I I have been in meetings all day. So oh, okay. Yeah. No, let me tell yeah. you about it. And this okay. isn't something that somebody on their way to the bathroom on Air Force One snapped from behind a door jam. This was staged and it was tweeted out by Jill Biden. And it's a picture of her sitting in the president's chair, the big chair in the conference room, in front of the desk, Air Force One. And it has her reading briefing books and it says prepping for the G7. Oh, my. So what do you make of that? Uh, I was a little scary for America. Well, (laughs) isn't she saying she's president? I mean, wasn't this the transition? I I, I think it was the official transition. I think it was her saying that she is the functional president. And don't worry as you watch Joe fade. You know, I'm, I'm in charge. I've got things covered. I mean, why else would she do something like that? I mean, what first lady, and this is not gender-based, this is just you have two different job roles. You have the president, and then you have the president's spouse. Why okay. would a first lady ever do that unless she's sending the message that she is now acting as president, preparing for the summit? I mean, that's a great question. And com- combine that with, Kamala Harris meeting with all the world leaders instead of, you know, our actual president doing that. And I think there's some legitimate concern out there. Well, and I think I think this is a great opportunity for you and other heads of the GOP, because I I don't think America is going to take well to this. But I, I think this was a major dunk by Jill Biden on Kamala Harris. Because it's it's Jill Biden saying, no, I'm the one who's going to be in charge and maybe setting up (laughs) her own run for the presidency in 24. But how could it be a more obvious power play? No, Kamala, I'm in charge as Joe fades. I'm in charge, not you. Well, hey, the the duel of the two women. We'll see who comes up. Man, but again, I I, we know America's not going to. Right. Because in in Mm. either case, it's not good. But hey, speaking of things not good, you've done a great job leading on many things, including this Tay Anderson business. So uh, the the big, I thought, very courageous front page story by the Denver Post today that the Denver School Board, two women coming forward to say the Denver School Board have been told about um, a sexual 
misconduct allegation against Anderson that one woman described as she thought was very serious. Um, why at this point, Christy, do we see all these top Dems running for cover? What's what's the importance of this? Well, I mean, you know, I think that's one of the really puzzling and unacceptable things about the whole Pay Anderson situation is that we all know <laughs> that if it were a, if Kay Anderson were a Republican, oh, we all know that the media would be hammering down my door every, I mean, every single Republican elected's door and asking to comment, asking them to condemn his actions, asking them to, you know, judge the situation. But the Democrats are allowed to be silent. And I mean, Phil Weiser put out an extremely wimpy statement. All the rest of them are absolutely silent. And I mean, we're talking about over 60 allegations of children who say they were sexually abused, assaulted, harassed by someone in a position of authority over them. That it should be a real easy thing for Democrats to come out and condemn. And I think it's it's just terrible that they're not taking that step. Yeah. And, and to me, I mean, it's it's such a concrete display of disrespect for women, because, listen, I, presumption of innocence. I don't know if Tay Anderson is guilty of a single charge, none, all. I have no idea if we haven't seen the evidence. But it would seem when you have this many different sources of reporting from BLM 5280 to another liberal group that Anderson was in charge of, to a mom yep. from who, who appeared before a, a committee in, in the Colorado legislature, that at that point, wouldn't basic decency, if somebody had any respect for women and girls whatsoever, and you were governor of the state, or Senator Bennett, or Hickenlooper, or Jenna Griswold, who claims to be the champion of women, or Phil Weiser, who claims to be the attorney general, wouldn't decency require you to come forward as a group? And say, listen, presumption of innocence, but girls and women, you've got to understand, we want to hear from you. We will protect you. You know, we need you to come forward. Don't think just because Anderson is a Democratic Party big shot that you won't be heard. Don't they owe that to the women and girls? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, they should be writing an op-ed saying that. Yeah, great point. They should be using their positions. I mean, I mean, you're right. The Colorado Democrat Party in 2020 called Tay Anderson their rising star of the year. And if you talk to any any person out there who's in DPS or in Denver, they know that Tay Anderson is heavily protected by the Democrat Party. And that's why you see the silence why? of their chairman. Why, though, Carroll, uh, They've just decided he's one of their stars. They've wrapped their arms around him and they put their blinders on. And it is, I mean, they have nothing else. This should display the absolute, I mean, double standards that the Democrats have when they call our people out for misstatements that they make, that they want to say discriminate against groups of people. But when their star is accused of actually assaulting people, and specifically he's accused of discriminating against kids who are immigrants or whose mm-hmm. families are immigrants to this country. I mean, talk yeah. about actual discrimination, if that's true, and a targeting of a specific class of people. And this demonstrates to me, Dan, you know, that the Democrat Party here in Colorado doesn't actually stand up for the vulnerable people and the groups of individuals they say that they're for, not when it would cost them one of their own. And that's yeah. really terrible for these women, these girls, these kids, in situations that Tay Anderson has allegedly taken advantage of. And uh, yeah. unfortunately, it's reported that the entire school board in Denver is afraid of him and doesn't want to stand up to him and doesn't really want to take this as far as they legally could, despite their claims that they don't mm-hmm. have much ability to mm-hmm. do much. 
I mean, you're a yeah. lawyer. Um, I've talked well, to people who understand the law. There's more they could do. Oh, my goodness. And, and, and there's more you can do, certainly, in the court of public opinion. Again, not to declare him guilty. Because we, no, we don't have the evidence have out here, that. but to assure everybody, hey, come forward. If you have a complaint, there'll be a fair process. There's a way legally, if you're here illegally, there's a way to protect you if you come forward and make an allegation. So yeah, no, the absence of that is intimidating. Well, exactly. And, that, and that's what so and I have some background information. It's not quite public yet about what goes on in DPS, which is why, you know, I, I believe that. This is just my belief, but I believe that Tay Anderson is guilty of multiple of these allegations based on background information that is out there that a lot of these kids, you know, need to make public mm. if they're going to be given the right mm. protections. And there, you may know this, Dan, there is a school board meeting tonight. It's either at four or five o'clock, so should already be going on. And friends of these kids who say they were assaulted yeah. are planning on testifying at the meeting and making multiple demands, including well. that Tay Anderson's name be taken off their diplomas. Wow. And Christy Burton Brown, GOP chair, our guest. So the point you just make, I think, brings us full circle. Why Polis, uh, Griswold, Weiser, Bennett, Hickenlooper, why have they disappeared? Why have they abandoned the women and the girls? For obvious reason. They don't want these allegations coming forward. If they are true, they don't want them proven. No, they don't. And they know that this class of people who is accusing Tay Anderson, like I said a couple minutes ago, is mostly immigrants mm-hmm. to America. whose parents are immigrants. They know that they're already under a cloud of you know, feeling afraid to come forward. They're giving them no motivation to come forward anyway. No offers of real protection that are at least that's been made public that are being extended to these people. And it should be made public because they're not going to be able to reach personally out to each one of these people who are currently anonymous and only reporting to people they trust, not people in positions of authority who can do something about it. And Christy, I am so glad that you're all over this because listen, we all know, I mean, your job is one of the toughest ever, you know, leading the GOP back to the mountaintop statewide in Colorado is really hard but it's got to be done and and you know it's not going to be one silver bullet it's going to have to be one day by day battle by battle that exposes the truth about who these lefties really are and and so this is another important way to accomplish that so i'm so glad that you're digging in and doing that hard work and no matter where the the truth falls on these allegations the fact that all these top dems have run for cover and abandoned the girls and women hopefully we'll open some eyes. A hundred percent. You've got it right, Dan. And thank you for covering it and bringing attention to what these kids really need. Well, and thanks for doing the show tomorrow. I can't uh, wait to listen. I'll get to listen a little bit from DC, but uh, (laughs) Christy Burton Brown in the house tomorrow, four to six. So look forward to that and uh, have a good evening. You too, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. That is uh, the GOP chair, Christy Burton Brown doing a tremendous job follow her on twitter as well all righty uh we're gonna have a really uh, cool doc our own dr drew with us at five thirty-six. stay tuned for that uh to talk about the real world impact of marijuana on kids and this is a doctor who treats teens and adolescents who are dealing with marijuana so we'll have a, a really interesting drop there but when we come back give me your take what why do you think these top dems are covering for tay anderson whether he's guilty or not of the charges covering discouraging actively discouraging women from coming forward and girls from coming forward by not stepping up and saying we're here for you please come forward if you have an allegation why why the protection of tay anderson and do you agree with me that that it is now official joe 
Jill Biden in the White House have made it clear that she is the functional president. You're on the Dan Kaplan Show. I don't know. Maybe somebody we've been talking about today. Hmm. Tay Anderson? Maybe. Not, not saying Man, for I'll, sure. I'll tell you, I, got, I haven't seen anything like this in all my years in Colorado, and that's a lot of years now. i got to do that math. But um, where you have so many different allegations from so many different sources, none of the underlying facts, none of the proof, but you have all these different sources of allegation against Tay Anderson, all allegedly of a sexual nature, and I put that in quotes because that can vary from harassment to violent rape. And and you have it from BLM 5280, women there. You have it from another uh, anti-gun group, Anderson ran. And, and that allegation includes a suggestion he was targeting, doesn't say whether he consummated, but the allegation is that he was targeting, uh, among others, an underage person. And then you have the mom who testified to the legislature about 62, including violent rape. So, but all I'm saying, Ryan, is I can't think of another example where there have been so many different sources of complaint against mm-hmm. a public figure yeah, and no obvious investigation that the public, in- including the women making the allegations, can rely on to get to the bottom of it, wherever the truth may lead. I can think of it. And What's it's about 30 years ago. Wow. Okay. And his name was William Jefferson Clinton. And there was Jennifer Flowers. There was Paula Jones. There were several others. Uh, who made accusations against then-candidate Bill Clinton during the campaign, he would sit down in 60 minutes with Steve Croft, with Hillary sitting right there saying, I'm not going to be just like Tammy Wynette standing by my man making cookies, and they dodged that. And he became the nominee. He became president. Here's my, here's yeah. my point I'm going to yeah. ask you. Yeah. What does Tay Anderson bring to the table, talent-wise, yeah. that's worth this yeah. incredible risk and investment by the Colorado Democratic Party? What does he yeah. give them what kind of juice? Well, I'm asking legitimately. Yeah, no, why a, is he worth it? It's a great question. Why is he worth it? I, I've been asking that question forever on air. I don't have a good answer to it. There may be things that we simply don't know right now. There may be things that he knows about other people that we don't know. Oh, uh, I, I have no idea. Truly, maybe, I am. Yeah. I'm just trying to hypothesize like everybody else because this makes no sense. Even in the Clinton example. I mean, you you eventually had, and I'm talking about an investigative tool uh, available, you eventually had Ken Starr and that whole deal. You had a couple of civil lawsuits. Here, all these people bringing these allegations right now, and I know DPS says it has its own investigation, et cetera. I'm talking about something concrete that people can really rely on that encompasses everything. And, And there isn't that. And that's where in any decent world, you at political world, you would have polis, Griswold, Weiser, Hickenlooper, Bennett standing up and saying, okay, that there is going to, here's what the process or the processes are, and here's why you can rely on them, and you're going to get reports, and here's the timetable, but they're just trying to bury it. And Dan, I'm not even talking about the merits of any of these accusations or cases. I'm not making a judgment on Tay Anderson. I'm just thinking strictly left brain, logically, strategically, is Tay Anderson on the level of political talent as Bill Clinton was. Oh, my goodness. No. I, no. I mean, yeah. So your question, okay, why? What's the push-pull analysis here? Right, yeah. right. No, it, and again, there's no good answer to that because what they're doing is indefensible. 
abandoning these girls and women right now is indefensible. The only thing you can logically conclude is that everybody I just listed from Jenna Griswold to Phil Weiser to Polis, etc., they don't want they don't want the truth. They don't want these allegations coming forward. They don't want more allegations. They don't want the full truth here. And I don't know what the full truth is, but whatever it is, they don't want it. And so, but bottom line is it, it just shows, right? They, they don't truly care about the people no. they claim well, to care and about. It goes to our earlier point from a listener who messaged us, Caitlin, that hashtag me too, hashtag believe all women, all any of that. It's all poppycock. It's all balderdash. I'd use other words, but we're on the radio. You know, Dan, mm-hmm. there's no legitimacy in a party that's only willing to stand up when it's a member of the opposing party. Brett Kavanaugh going on the list. If this were a Republican, like Christy Burton Brown repeated yeah. what I said, Tay Anderson's a Democrat, so they're going to protect their own, well, and they're not listen, about protecting women. But, they're but, not. But under, I, I mean, this is what happens it's the tangled web syndrome right when when somebody first practices to deceive because identity politics is a form of deception mm-hmm. when, when you start claiming something as fundamentally anti-dr king as fundamentally untrue as it's not the content of your character it is the color of your skin that's a lie that's false and and so the democrat party has now got itself wrapped up in identity politics rather than content of character and and the search for the truth that Dr. King advocated. So right now they're in a position where they're treating Tay Anderson with kit gloves while you have all these victims out there who happen to be women of color and uh, all of these victims out there who they are ignoring and they're abandoning. So it's the tangled web syndrome in part. Now, beyond that, who knows? I mean, who knows what else is going on there, but whatever it is, it does not justify uh, abandoning these women and girls no matter whether their allegations are true false etc you are actively discouraging others from coming forward you're actively discouraging the alleged current victims from pursuing their allegations by failing to stand up and say we'll make sure it's a fair process even though it's a powerful public figure that you're accusing and when you stake out this ground you stake out the moral high ground like democrats claim to have on this particular issue and then you back away and like you said you you go into the night crickets you lose all credibility on this issue going forward not just with tay anderson well ryan let me quibble with you there at part of the calculation i'm certain for all these top democrats i mentioned is they believe they're bulletproof right now they believe the vast majority of the media will protect them credit to the denver post for running the story today Mm -hmm. on page one in particular but they believe they've got that they believe they've got all the money they need to beat the gop they believe the gop is dead so they think they're bulletproof but what happens in that moment of of you know this cockiness is they reveal who they truly are. It's not about principle. It's not about morality. It's not about caring for these women or women of color or anything else. They will abandon them in a heartbeat if they think they can get away with it. Hey, uh, you're going to really enjoy the next segment with our own Dr. Drew, Impact of Marijuana on Kids. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
You know, all the work they put in, all the good they do for society, a lot of respect for doctors. But our next guest, our own Dr. Drew, who we hope will be a regular guest for many, many moons to come, um, especially fun story because it truly, my last memory of, of this Dr. Drew is as a little kid over at St. Thomas More Church when I ran into his wonderful family after mass one day. And the next thing I know is dad's telling me, hey, so what's up with the kids? Well, you know. Drew graduated from Stanford School of Medicine. I'm like, what? So this kid goes on to become a superstar, which does not surprise me. Stanford University School of Medicine, residency at the Mayo Clinic in adult psychiatry, you know, specializing now in child and adolescent psychiatry. So just a great kid and a real star. And one thing led to another, and we got to talking about, okay, Dr. Drew, what is the impact of marijuana on kids so he can speak to it from his clinical experience his studies etc dr drew welcome to the dan kaplis show yeah thank you very much excited to be on well the first thing everybody wants to know is how do you get into stanford i, I, I mean didn't truly didn't stanford have a year ryan a year or two ago where they admitted nobody i think that's right <laughs> like i mean it was the only way to one-up all the other top schools in the world is just don't admit anybody so how do you get yeah, into well, stanford well, well, just a, a little clarification. I was at, at Stanford for Child Psychiatry Fellowship. Right, right. And, gotcha. uh, that's, that's a gig that surprisingly not a lot of people like or want to go into. Really? So, Why? Yeah. Um, it's, it's challenging, I think. Um, it, it's just kind of a, a tough job, and there hasn't been a lot of investment in that sector. So there's just there's, well, there's downsides. Well, you but you, I, you I mean emotionally challenging? Work. Because I could certainly see that i mean that it would have to be really really hard work to be dealing with the sadness of of kids going through all this stuff yes but but that's kind of the best side of it too is is really kind of feeling like you've made an impact and uh being there for the most vulnerable yeah no that's that's awesome that is awesome, man. And, and so I appreciate you being willing to join us, Drew, and, and talk about this, because as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, you're board certified in child and adolescent psychiatry, as well as mm -hmm. adult psychiatry, and your practice correct. includes treating kids and treating kids who, who are dealing with these substance abuse issues, right? So... So it, yeah. tell people what's really going on out there right now, because we have so much of this coming from, in my view, the marijuana industry with their clear financial motives, the politicians and media with their clear financial motives to get this drug money from the marijuana industry. But what's really going on with marijuana and kids? Yeah, I think it's a great Great question. It's an important topic. Um, I work in a community-based outpatient child and adolescent psychiatry clinic, and this is something that I see every single day, even if it's not necessarily a specialty addiction clinic. This is just kind of a general outpatient yeah. clinic, and this yeah. is such a pervasive issue. It's everywhere. Um, I think a lot of uh, parents have reasonable questions. They're really important questions, and I think 
sometimes even I strive for, for wanting to know more clarity and more answers to those questions, and they're just not there right now with um, the research that what kind that of we questions? have available. What kind of questions? Um, so many times um, parents ask about, like, are there benefits? Um, what about uh, use in kids versus adults? Mm-hmm. Um you know, a lot of parents have their own experiences, and, and we see a lot of multi-generational cannabis use now that it's been recreationalized. And wow. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of kind of debate about, is, is it a problem or is it not a problem? Wow. Is it medicine and holistic, or is it, you know, a, a real, you know, pro- gateway to addiction? So. Wow, interesting. So uh, that term, multi-generational. So you've got some parents who were users themselves, and, and now their kids mm-hmm. have followed in their smoke steps and so now that the parents are wondering well wait a second is this really bad for the kid what's what's mm-hmm. your take on that generally speaking i'm not asking about any individual patient of course of course yeah well you know generally speaking recreational cannabis use is illegal for children and teenagers in all 50 states right mm-hmm. but we also know that access doesn't necessarily mean the same thing so once legalization happened for recreational use in adults we saw a huge increase in uh, use in adolescents, um, and in, especially in like Denver, uh, where a lot of research has been done. They saw a huge intake um, in emergency department presentations with cannabis-related issues in adolescents. And I think it has a lot to do with access from adults. And so when you look at the transgenerational effects, there, it impacts attitude, it impacts access, and I think that's a really important thing as a society we need to figure out. Um, in my clinic, the teen attitude towards cannabis is really different than it is for alcohol or tobacco. And oh. I think it has a lot to do with that messaging. With in, like, in what way, Drew? Um, uh, teens rarely think that they will end up with problems related to marijuana use or mm. cannabis use. Mm. Um, they say things like, oh, it's harmless because it's natural. It's not addictive. It's mm. everywhere. Mm. It doesn't affect my ability to do things. Um, but we, we also know that Cannabis is changing. Cannabis has grown differently in the last few years and decades, um, potentially up to like two, three times more THC content. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of the plant-based products. There's other cannabis products that are vastly more concentrated. Um, I liken it to like the difference between moonshine and standard beers. Um, and mm. the teenage brain is immensely vulnerable during this time to the impact of cannabis. Um, and, and, so and Drew, those are great points. Let me ask you about something related to that. I, I've seen so many studies and unfortunately read way too many aut- autopsies of, of kids who have committed suicide as I pursue this mm-hmm. obvious, to my mind, link between legalization of marijuana and increased teen suicide. Are you seeing in, in your practice and in your studies this effect where you have a kid who had some underlying challenge to begin with, take depression, for example, get into schizophrenia, all that, but, but had an underlying challenge, and then all of a sudden it's just blowing up by marijuana use, just, just a major aggravator. Uh, there definitely is an association with increased depression symptoms, suicidality, and suicide behaviors related to cannabis use and increased cannabis use. Whether or not there was baseline depression or anxiety issues, mm-hmm. it's actually separated out in some studies where the use alone actually increases those risks for depression mm. and suicide. Right. Probably the, the closest uh, or more most significant uh, psychiatric concern that I'm seeing is actually psychosis and mm. its relationship with cannabis use. 
Hey, um, tell people what study. psychosis yeah. is for those who don't know. So psychosis um, is a constellation of symptoms that is most commonly associated with um, diseases like schizophrenia. It consists of hallucinations, paranoia, um, abnormal behaviors, and it usually is also associated with impaired functioning. So like a decline in basic daily activities like hygiene and, mm-hmm. and feeding and sleeping. Yeah. We had a mom on, if you go to my Twitter and, and check it out, Democrat state legislator, courageous woman, Judy Mobley. She was on yesterday talking about how her high performing son, you know, started doing marijuana in eighth grade, then got into the higher concentrates and then life mm-hmm. just fell apart in many of the ways you just described. So is yeah. that part of what you're seeing in your general practice? Unfortunately, yes. Um, you know, even outside of my practice, I see it on a daily basis, but it's not just, you know, my, my practice. It's, I think, in the U.S., I think it's even in Europe. Um, there's been large studies that showed there's a, at least a four-fold increase for the risk of developing psychosis after cannabis use, and wow. it's most strongly related to ages between, like, 15 and 18. Mm. So it's, mm. it, is a, it is a risk particularly high for the adolescent brain and what's going on during that neurological development stage. Well, Doc, I'd I'd Um, love to have you as a regular guest if you'd be willing mm -hmm. to do that, because, um, you know, obviously your background and your brilliance and and I know you and I know your heart. And also because you are younger, I I think that there are folks in the audience who may relate to you better. So love to keep the conversation going. Definitely. Yeah, I'd love to be back. All right, my friend. Well, thank you. And you're doing the work of angels, obviously, working with kids who are facing these challenges and. Thanks for all you do, my friend. Yeah, no problem. I I love doing it. (laughs) Okay, well, hang in there. Talk to you soon. All right, bye. Thank you. That is uh, Dr. Andrew Connor, local kid made good and just love to see what he's doing. And he speaks the truth. I mean, that is the medical reality. So it's going to be interesting because you've got the huge money of the dope industry and you've got all the politicians and all the media trying to suck up that money with some noble exceptions claiming that this stuff's just benign oh just like alcohol etc cetera, etc cetera, when the truth is that it's just wrecking kids all over the state of colorado and uh, we're going to get the truth out there and hopefully we'll see candidates run on it in 22 as well because hey uh pro tip from a guy who's not a pro you want to win votes from people who normally don't vote Republican. You want them to open their minds to you. Then talk about things that matter to them. Nothing matters more to anybody than their children. And and a pot is an equal opportunity destroyer. It's destroying kids from Democrat, unaffiliated Republican families and their friends. So you want to really matter as a politician? Then go out there, be bold, take this on. You're on the Dan Kaplan Show. It's so interesting to think about that song and to just think about how things have changed because you go back to that era. And what year do you think that would have been? I mean, that like Fred Flintstone was singing that. The right? 1960s, yeah, yeah 65. So you go back there. You know, when, when illegal drugs were illegal drugs and, and the use, it, though it was too widespread, it was much more limited than it is today. And so it obviously did all this damage of its own. But, you know, you could have songs like that and everything else and, and just hope the damage is contained. But now that we're in this era that the left has led us into, 
where you've got a very dangerous drug that is becoming more dangerous by the, the day, marijuana, as they transform it into crackawana and methawana, and it was dangerous enough to begin with that no state, no nation state in the world had ever done with marijuana what Colorado did before Colorado did it. That's how dangerous old marijuana was, 2 to 4% THC. Now you've got this 80-90% stuff that most kids are doing. So now those songs that used to be funny really aren't funny anymore because you've got all these kids on a mass scale being affected and degraded. At the same time, you have the whole media political establishment set up to, to mock anybody who expresses concern about that as, as you know, being some kind of crazy or old fogey or whatever. And, and that's why you heard the pain of the mother, Democrat, state legislator, and we played that sound before and she joined us yesterday, speak out and actually, you know, on the floor of the House in Colorado, say, we will not be silenced any longer. And, and that's what she meant by silenced. Is, is everything from these special interest groups to polis to, you know, the whole industry trying to make anybody who speaks the truth out to be, oh, just some sort of stodgy old conservative when, no, the truth is kids are getting chewed up by this stuff while lots and lots of people profit. I found it very interesting. A lot of things that Dr. Connor had to say. We talked about the designer drugs of dabs that are 90 plus percent THC. That's not marijuana. And even the leaf marijuana, he said, now being grown in a designer fashion where the THC levels are much upwards of 20 and higher percent, whereas the old marijuana from, say, the 1970s Stuff that maybe kids you went to school with, Dan, smoked was what, two, four, maybe you know six or eight? Two, eight, yeah. two to four. Yeah. And that yeah. was so dangerous right, that right. no other place in the world had legalized it the way nope, we did. Right. That was so dangerous. And you really think everybody else in the world was wrong? No, they were right. So this is a real crisis. That's why you had, you know, we had a, had a children's hospital on a couple of weeks ago. They came out and said, we have a youth mental health crisis in Colorado. We have a teen suicide crisis. And, and so it is, it is a five alarm fire. And what do you get from Polis? Absolute crickets. And, and it is one of the great mysteries of the universe. Why this modern democratic party cares so much more about legalized pot than they do kids. And it really is that simple a choice. You cannot have legalized marijuana the way we do with more dispensaries than Starbucks and McDonald's combined without having a profoundly harmful impact on kids. It just can't be done between the green light effect and so much more being available. The price of legalized marijuana the way we do it is going to be our children and Polis and the rest of them are willing to pay that. And I don't think the people of Colorado are. They just need some leadership on this. But it it really is sick. And then listen to this CBS story. Listen to this CBS story. And I've been talking about this for years on this show, and and hopefully people are starting to get wise to it. And and this is another profoundly uh, negative effect of legalized marijuana. We want to turn now to a flood of drugs coming into this country at the U.S.-Mexico border. Record amounts of opioids. And along with them, deadly consequences. CBS's Janet Shamlin reports tonight from El Paso, Texas. Yeah, and the report goes on to talk about how with the open border now, smugglers are using the chaos at the border to get more and more fentanyl into the U.S. The point being this, you know, why are there cartels doing this? The Washington Post did a great series on this. After legalization of marijuana in Colorado and then some other states, the Mexican cartels, which then were losing out on some marijuana money, decided to make up for that money and more by bringing much more, 
much more opioids into many more opioids into Colorado and other states. So you saw our opioid deaths going up. You see what fentanyl's doing in Colorado. Much of this a response to legalization of marijuana. Yeah, like as I said before, like the cartel bosses are going to say, oh, okay, John Hickenlooper, Colorado, you're going to legalize marijuana. That's okay. We really don't need those profits. No. No, what they did was they just started bringing more opioids into Colorado. So all of these harms caused by legalization of marijuana. But uh, And I bring it back to GOP. You better stand up and fight on this in 22. Look at what just happened in the legislature. Democrat moms standing up and pushing back against Polis and the industry. Democrat moms in the legislature. So GOP got to stand up the people will respond ryan tremendous job behind the glass as always my friend so appreciate that and uh, christy burton brown i'll be in dc tomorrow christy burton brown in the house she's the dynamite new chair powerhouse chair of the colorado gop she'll take on all questions all hot topics on the dane kapla show judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.